0: So if if you have your Bibles, I'm going to we're going to start in Ephesians chapter chapter three. This is I, I want to I talked about this verse in our um, annual meeting, and I want to just kind of piggyback off this verses and then I'll go to another text. We're going to Ephesians chapter three. And if you're if you're really good, put your right finger there and then and then go back to. Um, go back to First uh, Chronicles chapter four, verse ten, with your left hand. all right. How many can do that in your Bible? Some of you have electronic Bibles and cannot do that. You can only do one place at a time, right um, so that just goes to show you the Word of God when you bring, when you bring the actual word of God, you can you can mark two places at once uh, i 'm not saying there 's anything wrong with your electronic Bible, but this one does not require batteries. This one right here has the lifeblood of Jesus Christ flowing through it. Amen. And, and so, anyways, I'll just leave that alone. I'm not picking on you if you're using a, a, an electronic Bible today. I'm just glad you brought it. All right, and, and um, this scripture I read <coughs> in our annual business meeting and um, and the word that um, I felt like God is just, he will not let me get past it, is that word expectation. Everyone say expectation. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading this out of a different uh, translation, you, and this one is, and I wouldn't even, I would almost call it a paraphrase, um, Eugene Peterson's The Message, um, it's not exactly uh, perfect, kind of puts things in a little bit e- easier to read English, um, uh, and so it's not exactly what I would call a direct translation, but I like the way that this one reads, um, so, um, and it says this, if you if you have that, it'll be up here, it says, Uh, And I love this. I love the way this reads. God can do anything, you know. I don't know about you. Are you a little thick-headed like me? Like you need to have that you know on the back of it. God can do anything, you know, for far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does it not by... Pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply. I like that, okay? I want to read that again. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this word today. God, I thank you for your anointing today. God, I just feel your presence in this house today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use this clay vessel how you see fit today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would let the words that come from me, God, just be your words. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, just begin to break bondages in this house. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to see you in a new light today. God, may we be encouraged, may we be lifted up, may we be forever changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed. Everybody said, Amen. So let me start by asking this, and this is a rhetorical question. That means you don't answer it out loud, all right? Um, uh, it is this What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God? See, and this is this is what I know. We're good at at hoping for things from the Lord, but oftentimes we fell in expecting things from the Lord. Anybody ever? Uh, I had uh, uh, well. There, there's a difference between hope and expectation, right? I hope my wife cooks a good meal, and I expect my wife to cook a good meal. And all the women said, "Oh, I, there is a major difference in those two two things." Amen and so a, a great example of this is is at christmas time um my kids they're not hoping for christmas gifts they are expecting christmas gifts little brats i love my kids i promise i i'm not being mean but that's okay. But but uh, and so there is a difference. So they're not hoping for gifts, but they are expecting this. And how many know that God has gifts for us? God has promises for us in His Word. And oftentimes we hope for those things rather than expect those things. Um, I had the privilege one time. I had a friend and I. Has anyone ever talked up a restaurant before and someone tells you, go eat at this restaurant. It is the best restaurant ever. And then you go to that restaurant and you're like, meh. So I did that one time with one of my friends, and I said, and he was visiting. I was living in Texas, and I went to a restaurant that I thoroughly enjoyed and thoroughly loved. And when we went to the restaurant, all the way drive over there from where we were for like 30 minutes, all I did was talk about this restaurant. They have this, 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 and I was so excited. And we sat down and ate. And while he was eating, I looked at him, and I said, man, how do you like your food? He goes, it's okay. I said, you're crazy, man. This is great food. Uh, but, but, you know, here's the thing. We, we have to have expectation. When it comes to the promises of God, hear me out. When it comes to the promises of God, we can't just hope, but we have to expect and believe that God will come through. Amen? And so, uh, so knowing that when, when Jesus would minister, he would always minister to the level of people's expectation. Think about that. When Jesus would minister, he would minister to them by the level of their expectation from him. In his hometown, Nazareth, he, would, he, he could do uh, not many miracles because they didn't have an expectation of him. Matter of fact, the scripture says he could do no mighty work among them because of their unbelief. They didn't expect much out of him. Um, And I think about this. And then on the flip side of that, you have the woman with the issue of blood whose expectation was, hey, I I don't even have to talk to Jesus. All I need to do is get to the hem of his robe and grab it. And when she did, the expectation that she was expecting was fulfilled in her life. And so I believe this. I believe it's true for us the same today. We have to believe and expect God to come through with his promises. Amen. And if we don't believe that he's going to do what he says, then we're going to get what we expected. Amen. How many say, hey, I'm ready to raise the bar of expectation. All right, listen, back in January, I was praying about this word. God gave me this word. I've been, I have been just sitting on this word. For, for those of you who I, who I talk to on a regular basis, I, I, I have just, this word just keeps popping up, popping up in my life. And, and, and uh, I've been praying over it. And I'm convinced that God is going to take us to a place that, that we expect to go concerning his promises over this church. Now, I want you to understand what I just said there. He's going to take us concerning his promise over our church. So what that means for you and me is we have to get in alignment with what he's doing. Amen? So, so in our lives, so, so the scripture tells us this, that we, we go from faith to faith. Scripture says we go from glory to glory, and, and we are expecting God to do something new and fresh in this church. Amen? I'm grateful for the past. You know why? Because I am a product of the past. I'm here today because of the things I've done in my past. You're here today because of things done in the... You're here in this church because somebody had a vision. I don't know what year they had the vision, but in two around probably 2000, to build this facility, you're sitting in a facility that somebody had a vision for. So you are a product of the past, even right now in this moment, but I, I, and I love the past, and, and I love the present, but what I and I'm grateful for the present and what God is doing, but there's something amazing. What, I am expecting him to take us to places that we've never been before as a church. Amen. Amen, if you're with me, say, "I'm with you, pastor." All right, good. Um, when we fell to prepare for something, anybody ever failed to prepare for something, anybody ever take a test without studying, anybody took a few tests by faith, Lord, let C be the answer here, I always heard, if if in doubt, always bubble in C, because it's, I don't know why, I don't think it really worked, but, but, but we fail to prepare for something uh, greater. We are expecting the same, and here's what I think that God began to speak to me, and God began to really work at this. God really showed me something as I was thinking about this and praying about this over the last few. God has began to prepare us. God is moving us into a new realm, and when, when you go to a new realm, you've got to do things that like you've never done things before. You can't remain in the status quo. you got to go where, where he's going. God is preparing our hearts. God is guiding our church. And, and far more than the scripture I read, far more than you can imagine or that you can dream of as a matter of fact. You can't even fathom what God has in store for you and what God has in store for us. Here's the thing. The Lord wants to do those things within us, but we have to be willing and expecting him to move all right so if you still have your your left finger mark go to first chronicles chapter 4 chapter 4 and and I love this bit of text let me give you a little background on this text if you read first chronicles uh, chapter 4 it is talking about the lineage of of Judah and and matter of fact if you need some good material and you can't sleep at night um, some of these uh, chapters in Chronicles will tell you this person begat this person. This was the brother of this person. This was the. How many know that? That's some wonderful reading at times, and, and there's a point to it. But in this in this particular chapter, he's, he's going through the line uh, 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 of the lineage of Judah. And when he's going through the lineage of Judah, he's going. He's talking about this person, this person, this person. And then he gets to this guy named Jabez, and when he gets to Jabez, he takes a short little pause. And he begins to uh, talk about Jabez. matter of fact, it says this about Jabez, that he was better than all his brothers. Man, it's just like me and my siblings. It's what Scripture says, the, the, the verse before that. And, and, the, and then it also, I, I'm just joking, all right? No, I am better than him. But, uh, uh, but anyway, so it says that he was better than all his brothers. And it says that his mother bore him. In sorrow or in pain. His name actually means sorrow or pain. How many have experienced some pain in your life? How many have experienced some sorrows in your life? How many have experienced some setbacks in your life? I love this. I love this scripture. So it says this in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And many of you uh, have read this. Some of you have read books about this. There was a, a whole movement about this years back. And a lot of books written about this prayer. I love this prayer. It says this, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, check this out, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain, and look at this next part, and God Granted, what he asked, and the very next verse says, and so and so begets so and so, and it continues on. This is all we don't know a whole lot about this guy, but I want to I want to look at this prayer. I want to read it one more time to you. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. How many love it when God grants what you ask? Amen. So I, I want to talk about this. I want to break this down. And, and I'm going to break this, this this little bit of passage down. It's powerful. I've got I've got some points here. Um and, and the first portion of this, the first part of that in, 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 in verse 10 says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, And you know what that is when you call upon the name of the Lord, that's called prayer. Everyone say prayer. He started with prayer. Uh, Like Jabez, as the people of God, and, and as this church, we are going to overcome our adversity by calling on the name of the Lord. Oh, man, you guys should have got excited about that. You want to overcome? Call on the name of Jesus. It is the name above every other name. It is above the name of cancer. It is above the name of every sickness. It is above the name of divorce. It is above the name of depression. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. But here's what I've learned, and this is what I've learned. Prayer, listen, prayer, we like to talk about prayer, but prayer is not a subject that draws a lot of attention or creates a lot of excitement within a lot of believers. Oh well, I liked it till you said that, Pastor. It was all good till you till you brought that out. And many believe the answer to their problem will be a program or a practice that they that they will stumble across. But can I tell you that prayer changes things? And what I love about prayer is it not only changes things, but prayer changes me. Amen. When I commune with the Lord, he begins to work within me. He begins to tell me, TJ, you need to shut up in these moments. You need to let some things go. That bitterness that you're hanging on to, let me take that. That burden that you're carrying, let me carry that. Prayer changes me, and Jabez, his name means sorrowful, and he goes from sorrowful to blessed in a New York minute. I can't snap. In a New York minute. I love that. He goes from sorrowful to blessed, and it starts with this thing called prayer. Matter of fact, he, he was so blessed that he had a city named after him, and that people looked up to him. His, they said, that's Jabez. He, he is blessed. He, he is great. And, and so people looked up to him, and, and, and really, it's amazing. He, all he did was pray this simple and a very effective prayer of 34 words is all he prayed. Let me tell you something about prayer it 's not quantity it 's quality now, i I think you ought to pray as long as you can i there 's nothing wrong with praying but but it 's quality it 's the quality prayer it 's the quality prayer it 's not just quantity and a matter of fact, scripture tells us not to pray vain and empty th- words and so I, I love this he 's very intentional in his prayer. And, and and he's not remembered uh, by what, it, what what he was called Jabez, but but he is remembered. I like this. He's not remember Jabez is not remembered by what he accomplished. He's remembered by what he prayed. Woo! man! I don't know. That's a word for somebody in this house. Listen, prayer. The prayer of a righteous man is effective. It's what James five sixteen says. Oh, I don't feel like praying. Guess what? You can change your situation by just speaking into that situation, just talking to the Lord about that situation. James says, we have not because we, oh. my kids know that one. I have not because I have not asked dad. So I'll keep asking and I'll keep asking and I'll keep asking and I'll keep asking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just picking on all my kids today, not just one of them. Jeremiah 31 says, this is the Lord speaking. He says, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you may know not. Things that you don't even understand. I'm about to show you. All you got to do is call on me. You have to and it starts with this simple thing called prayer. Everyone say prayer. And a prayer life will lead to great expectation of the Lord. In our lives, when I think about this, I mean, prayer is kind of be likened to this. Uh, how many remember the story of Jacob in Genesis? And and he had that moment with with the angel of the Lord, or with with the Lord. I believe he wrestled with the Lord that night. And while he's wrestling with the Lord, he he would not let the Lord go. He said, "I will not let you go until you bless me." You say, "Well, that's pretty selfish." You know what? Sometimes you just got to get on on the altar and say, "God, I am not getting up until you help me out, until you give me an answer, until you give me peace." in my heart about this situation. But Jacob wrestled with the Lord, and and he said, I will not let go until you bless me. Hosea tells us that he did so with tears and a broken heart. I love that. And after that moment... Let me tell you after that moment with God, Jacob it says that he walked away with a limp cuz he he the, the the angel of the Lord or, or the Lord touched his hip and he walked away with a limp because he said I got to get out of here. And so when he left, he never walked the same. And let me tell you something, when you get with God, when you get with God, you will leave and you will never walk the same. That's called great expectation. I love that. Great expectation. And so so here, here we see Jabez, he was hurting, and, and, and he called to God, and I can't help but think we need to wrestle with the Lord a little bit more. I'm going to say something here, and this is not pointed to anybody. This is just a general statement, but the church that isn't praying is the church that is straying. Amen. I don't know about you. I want to be a church that is bathed in prayer and the prayer of the will of God and the promises of God. Amen. Everyone say prayer. All right. Number two uh, is this passion is passion. Everyone say passion. All right. And it says this. Oh, everyone say oh. Oh, I think he said it with some gusto. Oh, that you would bless me to look at your neighbor and say, oh. There you go. You guys got it today. That you would bless me. The, the, I love this. I like that he starts with that because it's almost like there's an excitement, there's an expectancy of the Lord. Oh, that you would bless me. You know, it's, it, it's just, it's like when I, when I first met my wife and I saw her and I saw those, those pretty blue eyes and those, and her blonde hair and I said, Whoa. I met her in the house of the Lord, and my mind might have been a little bit carnal at that moment. The word O here gives us a glimpse of the passion of Jabez's prayer. It's one that says, God bless me greatly. Bless me exceedingly. And bless me abundantly. Ephesians. 320, and I read this, it says God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Everyone say amen. You know what amen means? Let it be so. Let that be so in my life. God, you can do more than I can think. God, you can do more than I can imagine. You can do more than I can even dream. So, Lord, hey, let it be so in my life. I I love the passion here. And what if we live this one out? What, What if we not only believed but walked in it with passion? I can't help but think when when Paul wrote this in Ephesians that he believed this so deep that his heart, that his passion overflowed. Matter of fact, I know that his passion overflowed because he just kept going and going and going. And people say, "Well, what gave Paul his longevity and ministry?" Because he he just trusted God. He just expected God. He just believed that God would take him from the next thing to the next thing. I'm in prison. God's going to help me out. If I die, guess what? I get to go to heaven. And he had this expectation that God would up to something, and this passion that we see is in here in this prayer of Jabez is an expectation of God. Oh, God, that you would bless me. Lord, and when we say those things, when we say, God, that you would bless me, what we're really saying is, God, have dominion over my life. God, I surrender to you. Lord, bless me. Help me to get out of the way, Lord, so you could do what you want to do within me. I love that God, God, give me righteousness, God, give me your joy, God, you could create in me a clean heart, amen, you can give me health, you can increase my finances, I love that, and Lord, you have dominion over situations, you can turn things around, and i 'm leaving it up to you, oh, I would say, Oh, that you would bless me I, I love that, and the blessing is is similar to. The, the scripture that Jesus or the, the prayer that Jesus would pray, he said, Thy will be done. Right? In the Lord's Prayer, he said that, Lord, Thy will be done. He said that. And so it is if we truly believe God would do, uh, would do things we, we, in prayer, we would have passion and we would have expectation expect of him. Some of you say, boy, this sounds like a, like a, a prosperity gospel. No. Uh, listen, And when we stand on what God has said, when we stand on the promises that he has proclaimed, when we say, hey, God, you say I am the head and I am not the tail. God, you said that I am your masterpiece, that I am something, that I am beautiful. When we stand on the promises of God, let me tell you something. You can't help but just expect God to move. I love that. Expect, expect God to bless us and increase us in the favor in our lives. Here's the, here's the third part of this, this prayer is this. I like this. And enlarge my border. Everyone say that with me. And enlarge my border. There's a lot to this. So this is number three, purpose. Everyone say purpose. We have passion. Now we have purpose. And it's important as believers personally and and as a church corporately that we are enlarging or expanding our borders. Somebody say, Pastor, I got that. I've got that in my waistline. I'm not talking about that. I've been doing that for a while. But let me ask you this. Spiritually, are your borders being enlarged? Are you the same Christian you were a year ago? Come on. Are you walking in the same defeat that you were walking in a year ago? Are you, have you won as many souls this year as you did a year ago? Are you enlarging, your, have you asked God, hey God, enlarge my, t- God, enlarge my influence. And what is our purpose? And here's our purpose right here, is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. That is the purpose of the church that is your individual purpose you say I'm part of this church and i don't know if I uh, but you don't get a, you don't get an independence uh, you know to, to get away from that because God has called every person in here to be his witness Mark chapter sixteen verse 15 16 says and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation, whoever believes and is baptized, will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. I love this. William Carey, the great missionary, said this. Listen to this. I love this. I love this. Hey, buckle up. Get your heart ready. If a missionary speaks, that's usually it's going to be a dagger usually, all right? Listen to it. He said this. Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Amen? Amen? And as a church, we cannot uh, complete our purpose doing the status quo. Listen, I, I, I'm going to say this as loving as possible. We might need to take some risks sometimes. Some of us need to take a risk a risk in ministry. Some of you are scared to death to serve somewhere in the church. Some of you need to buckle up and take a risk and, and, and go into uncharted territory because somebody's depending on you to love on them. Take a risk in your, in your understanding of worship and devotion. Well, I wasn't raised to worship like this. Ask God to increase it. Say, God, show me what this is. Show me what it's like to have intimate worship with you. Show me what it's like to love. God, will you just love me? Will you open my heart? Enlarge my vision. Lord, enlarge our vision in this house. And this is my prayer. This is my prayer for Cornerstone, that we attempt something so big for the Lord that unless God is in it, that it would be doomed to fail. Amen. Everyone say expectation. I love this, and I I want to just say this in the middle. If you're if you're a first time guest here and you don't know Jesus, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote the scripture right here. John chapter four verse thirty five says this. uh, Do you not uh, do not say I like this? Do you not say there are four months? uh, Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, listen, church. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see. That the fields are what? White for harvest. Here's the problem. Sometimes we get in our churchianity, I guess you could call it, and our eyes are like this, and we're walking, and there's a white field over here with a harvest of souls, and there's a white field over here, and we're so focused on this, that and we forget our purpose, and our purpose is to tell the lost and dying world about Jesus Christ. Now, how many could say, Pastor, I want to be a, a, a harvester in this end times. I want to be used by God. I want to do something. Expect I am expecting God to use me in a mighty way. I want to touch someone's life with the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, we don't have time for games. We don't have time to play church. And can I tell you something? Hear this from my heart. I hope, I hope this is coming out in love. God is preparing us. God is reminding us of our purpose. God is Focusing, giving us laser focus on what is ahead of us so we can do the things that he has called us to do. You say this, well, pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, but what if, what, if we, what if we have this harvest? We don't have a big enough building. Well, if God gives you the vision, he'll give you the provision. I, I'm, I, I'm learning this in my life. When God will just pour out a blessing out of nowhere... I, I love that. And so we uh, uh, last year our theme and, and for those of you who have been with us for a while, our theme last year was make room and I, and I love that I love that theme. And we expected God to do something and he blessed this house. Some of you are new faces. Amen. And God blessed us with new faces and 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 God God gave us uh, provision like he never has, and, and I believe that God will continue to do so. I, lo- I love that. Make room. But here's what we need to say. We say, God, increase our influence in our community. God, help our church to be an influence in our community. Help our church to be an influence to the lost. Lord, that we may love people to Jesus Christ. Lord, make a way and provision to further spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we just say, God, we just expect you to do it. Expect God to increase your influences and our territory. We talked about making room um, last year. And we said, hey, and I had a table up here. And I had people sitting around the table. And I kept adding chairs to the table. And I said, you know what happens when the table gets full? We just make more room at the table. How many of you remember that? And listen, what happens when the building gets full? Hey, we're going to make other ways for people to be here. Somehow, some way. If we have to go to 11 services, so be it. So, oh, pastor, you're talking a lot of faith. Uh, I can tell you all the staff just went But God will provide and God will make a way. Amen. Amen. Hear my heart. Here's number four. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here. Here's here's the next thing. And he says, listen, I love this one. I love this one. I I mean, I love them all. But this one I love. And that your hand might be with me. Here's number four is this, uh, presence. Everyone say presence. I like this. Jabez didn't just want the gifts. He wanted the giver to be with him. I want to expect the things of God, the promises of God, the gifts of God. But you know what I want more than those? The giver to be right here with me. The giver to walk with me every day. The giver to be in this this house when we come together. And how many times do we say, God, I need the answer to this prayer. When we get it, we run away. Thanks, God. Can I tell you, the giver wants to be right there with you. I love this about Jabez because he said this, keep your hand upon me. Basically saying this, I want you to be with with me directing my steps and guiding my actions. And I can say this as a pastor. I say this, Lord, keep your hand upon my heart. Keep your hand upon my mind that I may walk in the steps that you have ordered and that you have ordained for my life and for this church. Amen. Isaiah 41:10 says this listen to this fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Look at this Joshua 1:9 says, "Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go." Hebrews 13:5 says, "I will never leave you or forsake you." Matthew 28:20 says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I don't know about you. I don't want to take another step or another direction without God's hand on my life, without him leading and guiding me. Say, Pastor, you're wound up. I know. I' begin to think about this in the Old Testament, like the, the cloud by day and the fire by night, it led the children of Israel. And God wants to walk with you if you'll let him. Oh, did you hear that? God, I'm expecting you. God, because I can't take another step without you. God, I'm, I'm weak and weary. God, will you lead me with your hand? God, will you guide me? God, will you pull me to places, streams, uh, uh, fields, uh, of green fields? God, will you restore my soul? Expect God to give His guidance and His clarity for the future, and I say this, Holy Spirit: We won't go ahead of You, and we won't fall behind You, but we'll stay right in step with You. Hmm. Galatians five sixteen says this, but I say, and Paul's talking to the Galatians: Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. There's no room for our carnal desires. When we're in the presence of God, it's going to be Him. It's not going to be both. When we're walking in the Spirit, listen, hey, we'll not gratify the desires of our flesh. So, God, we, we not only want your presence, but we need it. Amen? Here's number five right here. I like this one. And that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. Number five, right here, protection. The word harm there can be rendered evil. If you have uh, a King James Version, it may say evil. But can I tell you this? Sin always brings sadness. Amen? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life and, and Christ Jesus our Lord. And 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 even in this time of great inflation, the wages of sin still remains death. It's not changed. The protection for this sinful nature is is the free gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, if if you're here in the house and you're not a believer, I, I want you to hear this verse right here. First John 1 9 says this: if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe right now that God is already starting to turn hearts in this house. And here's the thing. The enemy wants nothing more than to tempt us with sin and watch us fail. But God can protect you. God can protect our church from disunity, from uh, grievances against each other, from gossip, from hate. From bitterness and from the lies of the enemy. And the enemy wants no part of a church body that is in perfect unity in the Spirit of God. And you better believe, when you start walking in that unity, the enemy's gonna come in. He's gonna try to cause discouragement, he's gonna try to make you second guess things. Matter of fact, Psalms 133, it says this, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. It's like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So when we see this, the unity, when we walk in unity, listen, when we walk in unity with one another, it the, it allows the oil, it begins to flow. And oil in scripture is often used to symbolize the Holy Spirit. So what happens when we're walking in unity together as a church? The Holy Spirit begins to come and rest on this place. And things that you're struggling with, the anointing of the Lord begins to come down and flow, and the bitterness and the pain that, you've, that you can't seem to get over, the, the oil of the Holy Spirit begins to just cover that thing, and that thing that hurts The Holy Spirit says, I got this. We're setting an atmosphere in here, an atmosphere of expectation and protection. Lord, that you're going to protect us. Expect to keep us from temptation, sin, and failure. And Look at this. The last part of the scripture says this. And God granted what he asked. 34 words. And Jabez was blessed and he was enlarged and he experienced the presence of God and the protection of God. And see, here's the thing. If we truly believed the prayer of Jabez, Jabez had practical application to our situation, we would be a people of prayer. But here's the thing. This is, this. listen to me. Listen to my heart here. Listen to me. I, I love this. We, we don't, Really believe it? Oh, we believe that God's ability to bless us, but this is what we don't believe: we doubt His willingness to do so. We know some of us. Some of us have been in church a long time. We know what God can do. We know that He 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 wants it, but we we look at it and we say, "God, I I just don't feel like that You're willing to do it." But listen, Lord, we want to be like the woman with the issue of blood and just come with expectation, God. just need it lord i i I need it in my life And, and so so we have the wrong image of our heavenly father and we know he's he's wealthy but we think he's stingy with his hands now, listen, I, I know I'm getting down to where the rubber meets the road because some of us that have been in church a long time, we, we get that mentality. We know that the scripture says that God is, is the owner of a land of a, of a thousand cattle. And, and, you know, he has all the wealth. Listen, gold is nothing to him. The streets in heaven are paid with gold. So it's nothing to him. But we think, oh, God is stingy. But look at this. Look at the 2 Chronicles. Look at this 69 says, this is how God is. Listen, some of you got a miscued view of who God is. Look at this. Second Chronicles 69 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Somebody like Jabez. Somebody like Carrie Poole. Somebody like Jenna. God, I'm here. Lord, move on my behalf. I'm expecting great things. I believe this. As we move this year with greater expectation, we will prepare our hearts and our minds for God to do things that would be in our wildest dreams. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says this. But as it is written. Look at this. As it is written. This is in the word of God. What no I has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Stand with me all across this building. Stand with me all across this building. Listen. Our expectation is revealed in the request that we are presenting to God, I love this. Jabez, he just comes before the Lord. He lays this request out God bless me. Lord enlarge my territory. Lord be a hand of protection on me. Very simple. Lord, there it is. God says, Hey, I want to do that for you. A greater expectation, a greater expectation of prayer, a greater expectation of passion. God, let our passion burn for your will concerning us. God, let our passion, uh, let our purpose burn, Lord. Expand our territory, expand our influence, expand our ability to spread the gospel to this lost and dying area. God, send your presence. We need you. Stay in step with us, God. Help us. Lord, when we're weak, when we trip, pick us up and help you, help us to carry on. Say, I got you. God, we need the protection. Lord, keep us in one mind and one accord as we walk this out. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, just for this moment. I, I know this was a a, a different script a different sermon today. And this is something that I just felt in my heart. And I felt like, hey, we we have got to move to a level of greater expectation God we're not praying our will but we're praying thy will be done